Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, 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 Neon Noise Nation. Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. I am Justin, and with me, as always, I have my co-host, Ken. Mr. Ken, how are things up in Ohio today? Uh, things in Ohio are great. A little, uh, little cloudy, a little rainy, uh, but uh, hey, the sun will come year, back right? soon. The sun will right? come back. It <laughs> will. I promise. Good deal. Hey, um, I am excited to chat with our featured guest today. He is coming to us all the way from Sweden. Magnus Unemeyer is an inbound marketing and marketing automation specialist, nonfiction author, and speaker. He is based in Sweden but works internationally and has given talks around the world on software development and digital marketing. He built his first website in the early 1990s and has since followed the developments and trends in online business strategies. Over the past few years, he has focused on creating state-of-the-art marketing strategies using some of the world's most advanced automation tools. These software robots dramatically increase the capacity of small and mid-sized businesses to help reach their global audience. Magnus has a passion for creating well-oiled marketing machines to generate valuable leads, strengthen each step of the sales funnel, and make companies the go-to choice in their industry. He is the author of Mastering Online Marketing, which provides a comprehensive overview on how to build an integrated marketing platform. With all that, Magnus, welcome to Neon Noise. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be on the show. Excellent. We are super excited to have you here. Do me a favor and just fill in the blanks on uh, anything I may have missed. Just uh, share a little bit about, uh, about your background for us. Yes, so I actually started uh, with internet marketing um, about 25 years ago. Uh, my parents had a small uh, local business and I built my first website um, to help marketing of, of that uh, family business. Uh, we created a fairly large website which at the time were uh, hard coded in plain HTML using a ASCII text editor like Notepad. Um, a couple of years later at the end of the 1990s I created what probably was one of the first web shops in, in uh, Sweden. Uh, and at that point in time, uh, I think uh, credit card payments were unheard of. So we actually created a web shop purely based on uh, forms where we customers could uh, fill out whatever we wanted to buy in a form that ended up as an email in our uh, email client. So that was about 25 years ago. Um, I have since uh, played a little bit with uh, dynamic web pages, uh, you know, PHP, for example, on the server side or JavaScript on the client side. Um, moving over to content management systems like Joomla or later WordPress uh, once those systems came to, into existence. Uh, in the last few years, I have focused quite a lot on marketing automation systems. Um, I am really interested in uh, what software automation can do for marketing and help scale up the uh, effects of, uh, of internet marketing for companies. And I have been uh, fortunate enough to play a little bit with artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is coming now strongly into marketing. And I predict that the next big thing in marketing after the um, AI stuff is IoT, uh, Internet of Things, where basically everything will be Internet connected. And with a lot of IoT devices out in the world, we will get billions of uh, devices that monitor uh, how we use things and the user data gathered by all those billions of devices will be a fantastic source to, to harvest for business insights on how to to uh, market to your customer base. Very fantastic. So let's start let's start at the beginning because there's there's a there's a progression of things I think we'll talk about here. Very exciting uh, cutting edge things in the marketing world and while marketing automation has been around for a little bit I still think it's a fresh topic and there's still a ton of opportunity a lot of businesses have not integrated maybe some type of automation but not advanced automation so let's start with 
with with marketing automation. Um, can you share with us a little bit about what you're doing with marketing automation, um, specifically uh, any type of particular strategies or uh, platforms that you like or applications that you see it fitting well with? Yes. So first of all, I would like to take a uh, overview uh, look. And uh, I think we all have seen the, the marketing funnel. It's very wide at the top where you have strangers and you want to convert some of these strangers into visitors to your website. And you do that with traffic generation strategies or marketing strategies that make some of those strangers come to your website. At your website, these guys end up as anonymous, anonymous visitors. And uh, you want to convert those into leads, people who you have the, the contact information to. And out of the leads you have, you um, want to nurture them and make them into customers. Now, in my experience, most people focus on the top of a funnel, converting uh, strangers into anonymous visitors um, with traffic generation strategies. You can buy uh, traffic with Google AdWords or Facebook ads or SEO or any number of strategies. And most of the marketing agencies focus on that side of things. Uh, I would like to um, claim that the business value is created further down in the funnel. The business value is actually created in the leads conversion stage and the leads nurture stage, uh, where you convert anonymous uh, visitors into identified leads or, or into paying customers. And most uh, people actually spend all their efforts on the traffic generation side. But you can get a lot more leads and paying customers uh, from your existing website traffic if you just optimize the conversion ratio of, of the traffic you already have. And that is something that can be done quite easily with a good marketing automation system. And to do that, uh, one can design a sales funnel, which is an optimized, ideal uh, journey for your anonymous website visitors to, to travel over your site, over a couple of touch points um, on their way to becoming a paying customer. And the marketing automation system is the, the uh, vehicle to, to uh, implement the sales funnel and take those anonymous visitors and nurture them into paying customers. Okay. Now, let's back up a quick second because you, you made a really interesting point that, that Justin and I have touched on a couple different times in, in different podcasts, but the amount of visitors... So, so let me rephrase this real quickly. The most businesses and marketing individuals are focusing on that top of funnel, generating that traffic to come to the website. And you're stating that the opportunity there uh, that's being missed is, is not so much. Let's try to get more people, more bus loads of people to drop off to your front door, but do a better job while they're inside your store shopping around to make them customers. Yes, I mean, there's nothing wrong in, in getting more traffic, of course. This is something we want as well. Uh, but also without getting more traffic to your website, you can 2x or 5x the number of leads you get from your website and hopefully uh, then turn those into paying customers as well. So by implementing a few uh, leads conversion strategies and some leads nurturing strategies, you can get uh, a lot more, more uh, business efficiency out of your existing website without actually uh, getting more traffic to your website. Having said that, you, of course, also want to have more traffic if you can. Absolutely. So for the listener that we have who is not implementing any type of marketing automation, they don't have any uh, top of funnel uh, capturing, uh, any offers, any lead capturing functionality in place, and they're like most websites out there. They do a really good job with the bottom of funnel offers of contact us now, schedule your appointment, things along those lines. What percentage of traffic would you say that if they had 10,000 visitors to their website, what would you say the percentage is, generally speaking, that they're missing out on, that people are leaving because they're not quite ready to buy just yet? Mm. Uh, assuming that the people who come to the website have uh, a proper interest in, in the product or service you're offering, so they are you know, reasonably uh, relevant traffic, I think that uh, in, in a 
somewhat poorly designed website, you can easily 2x or 5x the number of leads you get from that traffic by being a little bit more aggressive on the leads capturing side of things. So you would uh, create a couple of um, valuable uh, lead magnets. So you offer something for free that entice the website visitors to register their, their contact information in return for, for the valuable lead magnet. So typically a PDF, uh, like a checklist or a cheat sheet or something like that. Awesome. Uh, and you add a number of call to action buttons or banner ads um, pretty much everywhere on your site that uh, advertise the lead magnet, uh, the call to actions uh, drive traffic to the landing page, the registration form. Once someone submits the registration form, you email them the free lead magnet or the free PDF they so desired. Um, and you have their email address in your leads database and you can start to nurture them with emails and, and other strategies over weeks and months to come. Uh, those emails you send to them over time obviously should drive traffic back to the website, for example, your blog articles or, or to other resources that contains educational or trust-building content. With the lead magnets, do you find, you, you made mention of a checklist and uh, you can fill in the blank that I'm, I'm, my mind's blanking out on, but I basically wanted to ask you, what are some examples of lead magnets and do you find some work better than others or uh, do certain industries have uh, certain lead magnets that uh, seem to be more fitting than, than, than others? I think it is quite in industry specific. Um, but some type of lead magnets that are quite common is uh, checklists, uh, cheat sheets, white papers, uh, ebooks, um, and in this case, normally quite short ebooks, like 10 pages uh, or something like that, or proper ebooks that can be 250 pages, um, if you like. But uh, normally, quite short PDFs. Uh, it can be uh, document templates, uh, it can be uh, calculation sheets, Microsoft, Microsoft Excel templates, for example. Uh, image uh, libraries, uh, it can even be a software service, uh, some kind of calculation service uh, that calculates your monthly cost of, of uh, yeah, something, for example. So anything that fits, uh, and it should be something that appears to have a good value, and it should also provide a good value, but it should not be a massive piece of document that uh, that is uh, daunting to uh, to consume. So, so it's a nugget of info. It's a nugget of value. It's not the yes, manifest. Yes, it can be. It, it should provide a lot of value, but it should only provide value for a small corner of the problem. Okay. To solve the full and, problem, and they need to buy your product. I see. So you bring that up an interesting point because the problem, and so the the the, the lead magnet does focus specically on. A problem that that's that uh, yeah that the, the, lead, the lead magnets uh, should of course relate to the product or service you offer um, it should fit uh, the customer journey so you should have a lead magnet that fits people who for example uh, look, uh, look to find a, a solution to a problem but you can have a, a different lead magnet that that is a better fit for people who uh, just investigate what uh, product they want to buy uh, so the lead magnet should be designed to, to be enticing to uh, the potential customers at different stages of the customer journey. Excellent. Now, as far as software goes, there's lots of options out there for marketing automation software, correct? Yes. I heard that there are over 2,300 different uh, marketing automation products out there to purchase. All of them are obviously not large marketing automation systems like HubSpot, Market2, Acton, or Infusionsoft. The majority of them are really small, very specialized tools that do a very, very specific little thing. Um, but there are apparently well over 2,000 different products out uh, that can help automate your marketing in different ways. That's amazing and a little overwhelming. So I, I understand, and I think a lot of our listeners have heard of HubSpot, Infusionsoft, Marketo, um, but you mentioned there's some very specific uh, niche market uh, marketing software tools. Um, yes. So, so you, you, these these are more lined in, in alignment with particular industries and functions of that industry. Um, they are related to marketing, but different 
parts of marketing. So for example, I use a uh, software uh, tool to automate some of the postings I make on various social media. So I have a uh, software robot called Meet Edgar that uh, I use to uh, post frequently to Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and Facebook. I have a different robot that um, uh, scans Twitter for certain keywords and retweet automatically certain keywords that match uh, some keywords that make me appear um, quite active on Twitter when I'm in fact doing completely different things. <laughs> so, uh, automating you. Yes, great. exactly. Uh, I also have tested a robot that auto-layout and auto-publish a newspaper daily. Um, it's called paper.li, and uh, you can uh, configure it to listen to certain blogs, so RSS feeds, um, and slash or certain uh, hashtags on Twitter. And it uh, pulls in blog posts from around the internet uh, from those sources and auto-layout and auto-generate the newsletter magazine daily with um, articles uh, on that topic. So you can get a daily newspaper auto-generated for yourself by curating content from your industry. Interesting. So these are just a couple of examples of very specialized robots that do very specialized things uh, that you, you may want to, to use to beef up your activities on the internet without spending too much manual work. Absolutely. And we'll include links to some of these that you mentioned in our show notes for all the listeners so that you can reference uh, these and, and access these robots and try them out for yourself. Mm-hmm. So the the very specialized robots where that you just like meet Edgar or uh, some of these, these uh, other very specific uh, content curation tools are are perfect for for singular focused uh, functions and then you have more robust marketing automation tools that uh, do more multiple complex things as well yes yes so if you take hubspot or market two or act on or infusion soft for example they are the heart of all your marketing automation efforts basically and then you can extend that with also uh, smaller specialized tools that, that do a little bit more as well. But you, you probably want to have a, a big uh, integrated uh, marketing automation system as the heart of your efforts. And you bring in a good point because it, it's pretty challenging to really into implement any automation. It, no one, it, it, no one really loves to go out and, and start shopping for software. It, uh, it's one of those things where you start looking at what, what, what's, this added and it's usually something that uh, if you're if it's a business is not currently invested in uh it's it's something that there might not be budgeted for and so you look at some of these softwares are, are very inexpensive i think made edgar's 49 dollars a month super affordable uh robot to to put to work and do some really powerful things and then you get into some of these other um more robust automation systems and, and they're, they're a lot more expensive and so for a business owner who doesn't currently employ uh, a marketing automation strategy, they look at and see, wow, this is a potentially large investment I don't have budgeted for. What would you say to that person to, 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 to kind of ease their mind about that that uh, yeah, shift is, that mentality uh, because i i get that a lot when we're talking to those who are like whoa 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 you know this it is, is, a this cost, is uh, yeah. for sure and uh, and the cost scales quite quickly with the number of leads in the lead database so uh, a product that appears to be relatively cheap or inexpensive can become quite expensive and we have tens of thousands of leads in the database um, but uh, these tools scale incredibly well uh, if you have 10 leads a day or 10,000 leads a day, uh, there's no extra effort for you. Once you have configured it and set it up, these tools can uh, nurture 10,000 leads daily equally well as, as just 10 leads a day. So if your business is expanding, uh, it's a very cost-efficient way to handle a lot more traffic, a lot more leads, and a lot more potential customers because you can – essentially, these tools will massage your leads into becoming um, you know, ready to buy. 
So you can um, get a lot more leads uh, sales ready uh, automatically by doing a uh, nurturing sequence uh, with a uh, highly personalized email sequences, for example. Um, so you can save uh, on the cost of, of uh, having sales guys, for example, to nurture those manually. Uh, another way of seeing this, of course, is that so far most companies do not use advanced marketing automation. This will change in the next couple of years, I would say, and, and um, if you don't, your competitors will, and uh, I think they will then uh, make it uh, quite difficult for you. You bring in bring, you bring in two really interesting points there that I, I like. One, obviously, is the competitive, because you're right, there is this this opportunity where most aren't adopting these strategies just yet. And then the other is, you mentioned the salespeople and what it would cost them to get the lead to the point where they're now entering and what the, the marketing automation is doing. The software cost is, is a drop in the bucket compared to what it would cost for humans to perform all these same tasks. And yeah, yes, so, and this, uh, these systems also do something called lead scoring. So not only do they nurture your leads uh, with highly personalized email sequences, um, they also assess how likely someone is to buy from you. And therefore, you can use these tools to filter which leads you hand over to the sales guys for manual follow-up. Uh, for example, um, HubSpot that I have been using uh, can be used to send very specialized email nurturing sequences based on different trigger uh, events. For example, if someone visits the pricing page, that can trigger a sequence of free emails being sent out, or that triggers an email being sent to the next uh, or the closest uh, local distributor and ask him to call the, the, uh, the person who visited the pricing page. And uh, therefore, you basically have a lot of, of manual work that you wouldn't have time to do, uh, automated. And uh, these systems will filter out the low-quality leads and you can put only the high-quality high leads uh, to your sales guys for manual follow-up. So the sales staff would, would essentially be dealing with, they'd be spending their time working on leads that are of more ready to buy, of higher quality, instead yes. of the traditional sales game that we all, have, I think, participated in at some point in time where it's, you know, turning over stones to see which one has got gold in it, right? Yes, um, I think with these uh, tools, uh, the functionality is called uh, lead scoring. Um, the tool will actually assess uh, to what uh, percentage someone is likely to buy uh, soon. So you can um, spend the sales time uh, with only the leads who seem to be uh, really, really close to buying now. What a great tool. It, if it, I think any salesperson listening to this would love to have all the leads that came to them be purchase ready and uh, qualified and uh, they only spent their time on those types of opportunities rather than some of uh, the traditional routes that we go so yes and, and this kind of lead scoring is done by measuring the different activities a particular lead has done on your website so how many times have they visited your website which pages have they visited did they go to the pricing page um, did they go to the um, uh, apply for jobs page that is a signal, signal that this person may not be interested to buying for example um, what emails did they open what registration forms did they submit what files did they download all those signals are um, calculated into one lead score that uh, tell you zero to 100 percent how likely is this person to buy soon exciting in 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 hubspot i, I know for a fact you can configure that and all those activities to perform different functions either triggering to the potential customer more communication or as you made mention notifying the low, the nearest distributor that uh, this person might be someone you'd want to contact um, so yes and then one thing that is quite cool that you can do um, since the system can automatic automatically measure uh, how uh, sales ready someone is, is uh, most likely uh, you can actually have trigger um, events uh, configured for different uh, levels of sales readiness. So if someone is 45% likely to buy something, then that can trigger certain email sequence with a soft sales message. 
a few months later on, the same lead do more things on your website and they get 75% sales ready. That can trigger a different email sequence with a harder sales message, for example, pushing them to your web shop. And again, going back to the idea that this is configured and this is interaction that's taking place with potential customers to the business without any manual input ongoing you, you could never do this or keep up with with this type of interaction in, in a passive way like it is without the software it's true and this uh, lead scoring algorithm can be done in two ways at least in uh, if you talk about hubspot particularly um, traditionally you have defined the algorithm uh, manually yourself in a way that fits your company so you define uh, certain page views as, uh, as worth, uh, for example, one. Uh, a visit to the pricing page is worth five. The visit to the uh, free jobs uh, page uh, is, is worth uh, minus 10, for example. Um, but now uh, artificial intelligence is entering uh, the, the marketing automation world. And, for example, HubSpot actually have a feature uh, where HubSpot can design the, uh, the algorithm automatically using machine learning or artificial intelligence. So you don't even need to design the algorithm on your own anymore. Amazing. Amazing. And, and that, so, so you bring up AI, artificial intelligence, and this is mm -hmm. where, um, this is where everyone jokingly talks about the, the machines beginning to take over. You have so many movies, Hollywood's pumped out with Terminator. Or, um, wasn't there a movie called AI with uh, that, the uh, Haley Joel Osment kid in it? I think it was AI. I can't remember at any rate. Um, the advancement of systems that are able to learn in almost, you know, artificial intelligence replace the, the thoughts of the human mind. Talk to me a little bit more. So you just started talking a little bit about HubSpot and their, uh, their lead scoring, uh, the predictive lead scoring a little bit, how it uses AI. And I know that recently we've seen lots and lots and lots of, uh, interesting articles uh, in the news talking about new platforms coming out, different types of chatbots that are starting to be used for customer service needs. Um, let's dive into AI a little bit and talk about how it's becoming a reality and where it might take us as, in the marketing world. Yes. So I agree, AI and uh, in particular uh, predictive analytics or, or machine learning is uh, a really, really hot topic right now. Uh, everyone talks about AI in, uh, in marketing currently. Um, I think we need to explain a little bit what AI is. Um, there are basically three levels of AI technologies. And the first one really isn't AI at all. So the first level uh, required to do something based on AI is to use big data. Um, big data is to detect valuable patterns uh, in huge amounts of historical data. Uh, so, for example, uh, with big data, we can detect that certain types of credit card transactions were fraudulent. So a specific pattern uh, signal that, that uh, these kind of credit card transactions were fraudulent. The next step up is predictive analytics. And uh, predictive analytics is about generating an, an algorithm that in real time can predict if um, current data fits that pattern. So with predictive analytics, we could generate an algorith algorithm that can, for example, detect if a current credit card transaction is likely to be fraudulent or not. So we move from analyzing the history into analyzing what happens now in real time. But predictive analytics, analytics is static. Once we train the algorithm, it stays and behaves the same. And that may not be so good if the environment changes over time. New data patterns emerge and uh, the behavior of the world changes. So if we move up one step above predictive analytics, we have something called machine learning. That is basically predictive analytics where we add a feedback loop where new data automatically retrain the algorithm such that it adapts itself to a changing world with different data. 
So if we take the example of a credit card transaction again, uh, for example, if uh, most of the credit card frauds came from the country of Denmark before, and if that changes, so in the future more credit card frauds come from Sweden, for example, then with predictive analytics, the algorithm wouldn't change to adapt to that, that uh, difference in the, in the real world. But with machine learning, we have a feedback loop such that the algorithm retrains itself based on new data. Uh, so um, it will change itself uh, for the future by itself. And it is machine learning that is, uh, is the engine of most of the interesting stuff that we hear about, uh, including the Google's uh, self-driving cars, uh, the iPhone Siri uh, voice detection, uh, the chatbot uh, text um, uh, handling, for example. Uh, and uh, a lot of uh, more interesting things will be done in the future with machine learning and marketing. And currently, to my knowledge, there are two distinctly uh, different features uh, available in a couple of marketing automation systems uh, that are based on AI. So, for example, HubSpot have this predictive lead scoring feature that can automatically detect or, or uh, guess, let's say, how likely someone is to buy right now. Uh, Marketo, on the other hand, have a uh, AI algorithm that predicts which type of content a certain lead is most likely interested in right now. So you could, for example, uh, offer a different lead magnet um, to different leads at the same place on the website uh, based on what they have done in the past. So if one person comes to a certain page on the website, they are offered a lead magnet A, that uh, talks about something, but a different person coming to the same web page at the same time is offered a lead magnet B uh, that covers a different topic because the AI algorithm believes that the second person is more interested in, a, in another topic. And therefore, we can increase the conversion ratio. We can have more people um, registering the forms um, because we offer more interesting content to them. Those two examples you just gave, though, that's more predictive, right? Not machine learning. Uh, yeah, that is true. Okay. Uh, I, that is true. Uh, I am now uh, involved in a custom AI project. So I have a customer who wants to design their own AI algorithm. They have a massive amount of, of data, historical data, um, with the user behavior of their customers. So they will use machine learning to find um, different uh, patterns uh, in their customers' behavior. And they will um, mine that for business insights that have a commercial value. You can then connect that to a marketing automation system and offer specific products to those customers who have a specific pattern in, in the database. You can either productize the data and sell the data insights as a product in their own right, or you can just use the insights to do a better targeted marketing uh, campaign uh, towards different segments of, of leads in the database. That's amazing. Now, when I think of some of these uh, machine learning, I, I, I visualize it, it being a very... And I know this isn't the case. I visualize it being very advanced and very complex, but I know that there's platforms that are being developed and to, to bring AI, uh, the means of the uses, the functionality of AI to the fingertips of those so that we don't all have to be Tony Starks with this billion dollar lab in order to implement some of this functionality. Um, how far, how much of that's available now? How far off is it to where, it's going to be more commonplace to see artificial intelligence be incorporated into more and more of what we do. I think that AI or machine learning will be integrated into products you buy, um, standard products you buy. Uh, even in the next couple of years, you will have AI in a lot of products. You may not be aware of it, but there will be AI in, in a lot of products you buy. Uh, obviously, developing your own AI algorithms um, is perhaps something that most small companies will not do on their own. Uh, having said that, it is not very expensive to get access to this machine learning technology. 
uh, both Microsoft um, and uh, Amazon offer uh, their own uh, alternative implementations of uh, machine learning development platforms. And uh, you can buy, uh, for example, with the Microsoft Azure uh, machine learning platform, you can buy quite cheaply a development uh, platform to do your own uh, machine learning algorithms. So it is not very expensive in terms of the technology. It is more um, expensive, perhaps, in terms of, of hiring the people that knows how to do it. Sure. Interesting. Interesting I think, and exciting. Uh, one, I think one area that we haven't seen so much of yet that will be a big thing in the future is predictive uh, pricing, where we calculate the most optimal price for a specific product, uh, perhaps even uh, individually for each, each lead. Okay. For different so, times, of, or for for example, for different times of day, etc. All right. So, is is that some of the things that we see maybe on some of the travel sites? I think that is what you see on the travel sites today. All right. So then, when yeah, when you see that uh, those price fluctuations, that's some more predictive. Yes, uh, I, I would assume they are based on, on predictive analytics or or machine learning. Yes. You mentioned that. In the next couple of years, you, you, you think that we'll see more products that we use every day with, with AI. Do you have any, any particular products that you, that you can point to that you think you might see us, you know, everyday products where we might not even realize that we have artificial intelligence that we're using right now? Uh, well, the iPhone is an example. Uh, Siri, when you talk to, to the iPhone, uh, and, and for example, Siri book a meeting for you, uh, that, is used, uh, that is developed using machine learning. Uh, for example, sure. and the chatbot, uh, the chatbots you mentioned, where you come to some website, and there's a chat uh, box popping up with uh, a customer service agent that uh, that you can chat with. In many cases, there are no customer service agent chatting with you. That is an AI robot or machine learning robot that have been trained to answer the most frequent questions, and when it can't answer anymore, then it's hand handed over to a person. And I find that fascinating with the uh, integration of these chatbots on, as, and from a customer service standpoint, the abilities that they have to to be able to serve up and, and handle. Because I'm I'm not a big fan of calling into a number. I want to speak to someone if I do that, but I think we all get annoyed with the uh, say yes or no, and then you try to speak into the the phone and it. It doesn't quite register what you say and you end up <laughs> repeating or, or please, you know, get, state your 16 digit credit card number. And, you know, did you say zero? No, I did not say zero. And, and it, it becomes actually frustrating. So the chat bot on the site, I think is uh, intriguing because in, in inviting more inviting to someone uh, that uh, they, they feel a bit more comfortable with using. I think it'll be something that's even more adopted than we already see. Um but, That's uh, true, and there are a couple of other advantages as well, uh, dependent on, on your business and uh, where you operate. Um, but if you have customers in, in uh, different time zones uh, on the other side of the globe, you, if you're a small company, you may not have a customer service agent working at that uh, point in time in the middle of the night, but the chatbot can still do at least uh, you know, some of the more simple tasks automatically. Um, or you have customers who, like me, don't speak English uh, you know, uh, natively, so uh, if you're not that good in English, you may prefer to, to um, you know, type in text in a chat, uh, chat window uh, in your own time rather than, than speaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, let's face it, a lot of the questions that we do receive calls for from a customer, stand, customer support standpoint, there's probably uh, 80 plus percent of them are a common group of questions that could be managed by that chatbot. So, and they don't call in sick, right? <laughs> so, um, you had men, so we talked about marketing automation, we talked about AI, and then you made mention about going forward the, the IOT internet of things. Can you explain a little bit more about, um, I think giving a little bit more of a explanation of, of IOT for our listeners and then, uh, maybe what you see, coming in the future yes so um iot or the internet of things is basically the world where everything every everyday object um, is connected to the internet 
So the thermometer, the car, uh, the medical instruments, uh, the bathroom scale you have, uh, basically every electrical device you own or, or touch in your daily life will be internet connected. Uh, probably your refrigerator and microwave oven as well. And once everything is internet connected, uh, these IoT devices, these Internet of Things devices, will generate an absolutely massive amount of data. Uh, you, you may have thousands of thermometers in, in, a, in a factory, for example, that measure the temperature once every second. And over a few years, that is a huge amount of, of measurement points just for, for those thermometers in that specific factory alone. And um, with all the data being collected or generated by these billions and billions and billions of internet-connected devices in the future, we will have oceans of data and we will then apply uh, the big data, the predictive analytics and machine learning AI algorithms on those data. And we will harvest that data for almost invisible insights that we, we couldn't detect or see before, but now we can with these AI um, technologies. and. Um, there will be, for sure, uh, new products in their own right, uh, information products perhaps, or the uh, manufacturers of those products can, can gather the user patterns of their customers in, in ways uh, unimaginable uh, just, just a couple of years ago. For example, if your bathroom scale detects that your uh, weight is uh, you know, going up a little bit, uh, perhaps it can detect that you most likely will gain 10 pounds in X amount of time, then suddenly you will be sent uh, marketing offers for for uh, healthy food. I'm getting all kinds of healthy offers right now. <laughs> I didn't realize why that was. <laughs> there you go, Justin. Your bathroom scale, scale is talking. <laughs> the bathroom scale is talking to me, especially the refrigerator. I mean, if all that data went directly to my doctor, that would just be terrible. I've got to disconnect. <laughs> Uh, so I think we will uh, we will enter a world where where we will be drenched in data, and um, a lot of that data will be generated by, by internet connected machines and devices, and uh, the insights gathered by by uh, AI analysis of that data will have a, a in many cases have a large commercial value, also for marketing purposes. Very cool. That's exciting and scary at the same time because it seems like uh, everything that we do then. No matter, I'm guessing that there'll, there's going to have to be the, this this uh, ability to manage the privacy. Just, I could see some people not uh, wanting maybe their scale uh, <laughs> data to be shared with the uh, public. Um, I, I would say most, but uh, I Sir, guess. that's the 12th beer that you've drank according to your refrigerator today. Sure, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that is not a technical problem. That is more a uh, legislation problem and sure. an ethical problem, perhaps. Um, but technically, uh, we are here already. Right. Well, you think about how much data that we share that we do, most of us don't even know about, just use use of uh, uh, the internet, uh, browsing uh, sites and uh, the different habits. I mean, we're already kind of in that world a little bit, and, mm -hmm. and you're stating that, more and more devices that aren't currently such as our refrigerator or our microwaves our our bathroom scales are you know the the different home devices uh that are coming available and becoming more affordable now such as the nest uh, thermostat for your home and then uh, you have some of the technology becoming more uh you see in best buy now they have a whole home section where you can manage cameras and lighting and everything um it's it that's just the the beginning and i can't wait to uh didn't uh, didn't amazon release this uh this uh, home device called echo is it yes. called echo yes yeah, it listens to you and you can talk to it uh, at home right oh, so yeah. i read this uh, i read this article by some some journalist who tried it out and he were talking about his uh, his baby uh with, with uh, his wife and uh they were talking about the baby and and uh just a few days later on, they were offered, uh, you know, uh, diapers uh, in some marketing campaign. So it wasn't necessarily the case that the, the, the data came from from this device listening to them, but he strongly sus suspected that. 
Interesting. So, so it was. It Echo was listening. He he's alleging. <laughs> That's that, so scary. That, I, I don't I don't claim that is a that is a fact. But uh, this journalist uh, wrote that he su- suspected that may have been the case. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because I mean that. Let's face it. I mean, it, it, he could have uh, it, tried to see what a price of uh, the, that that was on uh, you know another site or something, and just being retargeted, but. Uh, that's that's super interesting to 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 see. Uh, the, recently, Burger King had that ad campaign where they ran, um, where they had the the spokesperson or the the, the actor that was playing uh, the part of the uh, Burger King employee uh, speak through the television, and I believe he said something along the lines of Google, what's in a Whopper? And it was activating <laughs> individuals' Google Home devices to pull up. I think it was the Wikipedia page was what would, whatever, where it would go. But at any rate, uh, there was a giant uproar because obviously people's devices from their home were being used from a television commercial without their consent. And the ad got pulled and all kinds of crazy stuff. But creative, I'm not going to lie. It's a creative way of, of approaching it. But it, it's real live what we're living in today. Um yes. Yeah. I think uh, in terms of marketing, um, we have only started the journey of, of marketing automation and, and uh, perhaps connecting AI analysis to, to marketing as well. But, but uh, the companies who embrace this technology early, like now, will have a big advantage over their competitors. And companies who wait three, four years to enter this, this kind of technology, I think will have a, a tough time to, um, to compete with uh, their more... Uh, eager uh, competitors and uh, i think it all has to do with integration rather than having uh, separate uh, marketing uh, initiatives uh, that do different things with this kind of marketing automation systems you can take a holistic view and have a system that integrates all the data uh, and have a 360 degree view of exactly what the lead does pretty much everywhere with your online assets and that gives you a pretty good advantage um, to have that uh, complete view of, of uh, what your leads are doing. Exciting. So I think it's important to point out, listeners, that Magnus is stating this is here, this is now, this is today, and uh, it's something to pay attention to. We, we need to start to integrating some of these uh, automation systems into your marketing efforts and, and knowing that. If you're not, your competition likely is looking at this and not to sit on the sidelines too long. This isn't one of those things where you want to wait and see if it's really going to have legs. This has legs already, right, Magnus? Yes, I think so. It's it's, uh, it's a market segment that is exploding. And uh, the marketing automation systems track what you do on, on, on a website or, or what your visitors are doing on your website. and. Even before someone registers for a contact information, these systems start, start to monitor and track what you do, even when you're still an anonymous visitor. And so when you, six months down the road, register in a form, the marketing automation systems can backtrack your earlier visitor history with your new identity. And we can see that even though you registered uh, today, uh, we can see what you did on the website six months ago, uh, including if you were spending a lot of time on the windsurfing pages or if you spent more time, uh, for example, on the speedboat pages. And therefore, we can conclude that we should send you emails that relate to windsurfing or speedboats um, based on your visitor um, behavior on our site six months before you registered the first time. Unbelievable and awesome and exciting as well. So you've talked about... We have talked- Yeah, we have talked a lot about AI and IoT uh, today, and this is really exciting. But I should also point out that this is the state of art where where the most advanced companies are currently. And uh, smaller companies with, let's say, less resources should absolutely look into a little bit uh, more basic marketing automation. You do not need to go as far as using AI or or machine learning. Um, You can leverage uh, quite a lot of advantages, even even if you just use some of the more basic marketing automation technologies. Thanks for pointing that out because I think it's important. I think a lot of our listeners aren't quite uh, in the, the 
corp, uh, very, very high level enterprise type setups where they would employ a more, some of the more sophisticated strategies we're talking about here, but there are plenty, lots and lots and lots of automation uh, tools available that are uh, well within the reach of the, even the smallest uh, companies and uh, can help out dramatically in, in the growth of, uh, uh, you know, taking that traffic and, and really uh, and turning it into leads and nurturing them to customers. So, um, great point there. I think for uh, for fifty fifty dollars a month, you get a pretty good basic system. Fifty dollars a month, unreal. And uh, I think uh, we depend all... on how many leads you have in the database, obviously. But uh, absolutely. Have... So if we all look at value, how much uh, an hour of our time is worth, mm-hmm. and uh, put a dollar amount on that, you look at compare that to fifty dollars, and I'm guessing that uh, this software uh, will will be able to duplicate more than an hour's worth of work. Um, it uh, seems like a solid investment at the very least. Magnus, you talked about a lot of exciting things so far. I'm pumped about uh, everything we talked about. Um, and you shared a little bit about a project you're working on right now um, with mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. Um, I ask you, is there anything else you're working on right now? Or is there anything else that you haven't just talked about just yet that you're super excited about that you want to share with our audience? Um. There are things I'm working uh, with, uh, in addition to what I've talked about. But I think uh, this AI project is uh, is really state of art technology right now, and I'm really excited to be uh, to be on that project. I think that is uh, really really interesting to be uh, quite early out and, and uh, actually do custom design AI machine learning algorithms to to drive uh, automated marketing based on uh, on existing data they have uh, on the behavior of their existing customers. Excellent. Very cool. Now, if you could give our listeners one piece of parting advice, what would it be? Yes, I think that um, it is always valuable to to focus and niche down a little bit. So you try to be very specific with what you offer. Um, If you try to be too generic with your product offering, you will probably not get that much visibility in your market. So focus really hard uh, with your product offering and uh, try to be a big fish in a small pond rather than a small fish in a big pond, uh, let's say. And uh, the second uh, piece of advice is uh, automate as much as you can. Uh, You can scale your business uh, much better with automation. It takes a little bit of time to set uh, these systems up, but once configured, they will work 24 by 7 for you completely automatically, uh, implementing your sales funnels, converting leads, nurturing those leads, filtering out who um, is worth uh, a manual sales call, for example. And uh, why not uh, use some of these uh, social media robots that uh, post your uh, social media messages automatically, uh, driving traffic to your blog or website. Great stuff. Hey, Magnus, you've shared a lot of awesome information with us today. What is the best way for listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, I have a website, yonemeyer.com, uh, uh, and I also offer uh, one of my books uh, for free to the listeners of, uh, of this uh, podcast. Uh, I, sorry, you need to edit this now. Um, the URL is http. TTPS uh, colon forward slash forward slash com forward slash free dash book. And you will get my book, Mastering Online Marketing for Free. It's uh, 235 pages. Uh, yeah. That covers a lot about uh, inbound marketing and uh, marketing automation. Excellent. Okay. We will uh, include a link in the show notes for that as well. Magnus, thanks so much for being on the show today. Nia Noise Nation, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Magnus. Uh, we will have show notes available at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin, Ken, and Magnus signing off. Neon Noise, we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.